Hey guys, and a welcome to Sounds Like NYC episode 52. Yes. 52. Uh, we're here with a musician, uh, IG Liver, <laughs> uh, Spotifyer, uh, Amia. Emia. 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 Oh, shit. <laughs> I was practicing it in my head and I fucked it up. You're so close. I believe in you. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Um, yeah. Um, I am a singer, songwriter, and producer. I moved to Brooklyn about two years ago after graduating <coughs> from college. I went to the University of Miami. I studied music production and songwriting there. And before living in Miami, I moved around a couple times as a kid. So I was born in California, then I lived in Central Florida, and then I lived in Wisconsin, then Pennsylvania. And uh, but I always knew that I wanted to live in New York. Mm-hmm. So here we are. You are a nomad. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. It feels yeah. like I, I kind of don't really have a place where I would say this is my hometown. But what? Why do you hate your house so much, and why do you have to keep on moving? <laughs> I do not. I uh, I didn't get a say. It wasn't a. It wasn't put to democratic vote oh, in my okay. house. Gotcha. As to gotcha. why and when we were moving. That's wow. So that's amazing. But so like, um, how was how was life in Miami or like in Miami or Florida? Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida. Miami, Texas. Miami. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So how was life in Miami? Um. I think for me, I was still in the mindset of like, I'm a college student and Mm. didn't really, I was still very iffy about pursuing music. And I was kind of there thinking in the back of my mind that at any point I could just not and like (laughs) switch my major or like move back to Wisconsin or something like that. And I think for me at that point, I didn't feel like I was an artist. I just felt like I was still learning and meeting new people and making a lot of mistakes in terms of like just judgments on what I should be doing in my career and what a career in music even meant. And um, so I would say it was interesting. And I think Miami was a interesting place to try to figure that out because as culturally rich um, as a city is, I wouldn't at the, at the time that I was living there, I wouldn't call it like a music city there were there weren't a lot of like small venues for like bands to like perform at and so I think that um I was a little bit late it wasn't until I moved here that I started feeling more comfortable and like kind of building that sort of identity for myself especially in terms of live performance Mm -hmm. but um on the flip side I think like just being around like musicians in school and like being forced to write all the time that became like a huge part of I think why like writing is so important to me. And I think, uh, I also felt like I turned to like the internet and like kind of posting music on YouTube and SoundCloud as a way for me to get that part of the music education that I was looking for that I wasn't getting when I was studying. Awesome. How long have you been a musician for? Um, hmm. we were just talking about like, how long does it feel like we were, I was serious, but I think, um, technically I started playing the piano when I was five, but, Mm. and you know, like singing in choirs, like in school or wherever they were, I was allowed to sing, but nothing felt serious until like maybe late middle school, early high school, like just, you know, when 
those questions start like popping up and, and relatives start asking. And what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. 13 year old girl. Tell us now. <laughs> no, I definitely get that. Cause I'm the same. Um, I'm also like a musician and whatnot. And like, um, I'm the only untalented one. No, don't do that. <laughs> oh man, I just remember us in high school with our little music club and stuff like that. But um, so yeah, I definitely understand what you mean by that. Just like, cause growing up, I wanted to do car design, but I realized I didn't have any talent, and music was like the only other thing that like interested me. And my mom wasn't a fan of that, cause you know, parents are like, you you will never make money as a musician. That's not a uh, attainable goal and stuff like that. But like, my mom slowly came around, but it was a long struggle for. For sure, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, that's how we, like, up our game, right? Like, yeah. our parents are just very critical, and then you have to, like, step up to that. And I, like... Got to prove them wrong. Was very... Exactly. Yeah, prove them wrong or just, you know, like, those were great questions for them to ask me and for them to kind of push me to think about. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, yeah, it's a great question. Like, how am I going to make money as a musician? And like not necessarily being afraid of the question, but um, thinking about what that means for me. And yeah. I think like I was very, you know, like like every teenager, extremely angsty and moody about having to answer that. But now I'm like, you know what? That I'm was still a angsty very, and moody. Yeah. I'm still angsty. You're so right. <laughs> you me out. Still super, super moody. Um, but but I can be moody and make more money now. So that's yo, that's the goal. Yeah, as a musician. Yeah, I as mean, Billie Eilish like perfected that craft, basically being moody and being successful because of it. So, like, do you think kids should be forced into music at a young age so they can become prodigies and the next Mozart? I think so too. I mean, like this is such a leading question. You're like, do you think children should suffer? Yes. Um. At the <laughs> yes, I think they should. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, just I'm so jealous of like all these child prodigies, and I just think sometimes if my mom had only pushed me to start guitar when I was three years old, I'll be way better off now. But that's just like my inferiority complex, so that's just me. But <laughs> no, I'm gonna give that a hard no, and it's yeah. not like uh, like uh, I don't think like kids have the capacity to like kids are stupid. start early and like and be great at a young age, but yeah. they should not be forced to do it. I think like it seems so easy, but like so many of those prodigies, like nothing ever comes. That's you true know? too. Yeah. Like they, they lose steam. Like most of them, like they become viral at age four or five and then we never hear from them. Like, People whose, whose art we still like consume, a lot of them start late. I think some of the best musicians like I met that like are better players than me, better writers. Like, so, like a lot of them are just, they figured out in college or even after college. And mm -hmm. I think passion, like out, like it'd be wonderful if like you had a kid who had that kind of driving passion and a parent that was like, let's get this going. Right. And that's like a beautiful, like combination of things. And I think Symbiotic. that's, yeah. And I think that's what gets like, and then people are like, oh, but it's because the parent, but it's both. So I, I think no. I think you can you can give them the opportunity, but the forcing thing, I don't I don't think that's ever works long term. Okay, so kids are too stupid to be the next Mozart. No, I, I mean, but Mozart was I like a kid when he became that. Mozart. That's was he? Yeah. Yeah. He was like fourteen, wasn't he? I mean, that's like that's like pretty late though. No, well he he was famous at fourteen or something. Yeah, but he started yeah. when he was a kid. 
use a child prodigy. That's what I'm saying. Because there's yeah. going to be Mozart. No, there's plenty of future Mozarts here. Don't you think so? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> 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 like, Stop being what's, so critical what's on your take on like prodigies? Because, like you said, a lot of them just end up not doing anything. I don't have any problems with them existing. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that it's just. I think people. It's all about. It, people give, you know, too much hype behind like being so good at a particular thing mm-hmm. when you're really mm-hmm. young and you know when i see it, it a lot of it is just like oh it's just you know technical skill like that's been a result of like hours and hours mm-hmm. of practice which is great right but um you know people click they watch and then they leave and mm-hmm. the kid grows up and that child has to decide like what that kind of success and what those hours mean to them and the ones that really stay in whatever like form of art they were involved in are the ones that find like whatever it is that they really like to do and like what that means to them. So I don't know. I just think that, you know, prodigies are just, you know, something that people call children who, you know, have put in the hours and put in the time. Um, but it doesn't really mean much, you know? I agree with that. It's just yeah. a little label. And yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't. I'm not super, super, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's super cool, but like, I'm not super impressed either way, unless that, you know, person or that child makes something that really touches me right. and like really brings meaning to my life and they could, but I, uh, but that's all I judge it by. And I really don't think for me, it matters as much like who is making that art. So it could be a child or mm-hmm. it could be a middle-aged person or it could be a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my take on it. That's a great take, I think. So, yeah. I, I mean, I was reading some of your Spotify bio and it says that you were uh, mostly like influenced by like 2000s pop. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? What do you mean what's up with that? What is your favorite pop single from between 2000 to 2010 right oh now, my god on the spot wow so many <laughs> no one only one only one can survive everything else from 2000 2010 has to be deleted forever <laughs> i mean i i guess i could live with just that decade of music um i don't know because there's so many that i love really? but i will say i think maybe my like moody singer songwriter awakening was probably um Complicated by Avril Lavigne. Hmm. A classic. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just think there was something about it. And I think like that was just like gateway drug to like mm-hmm. girls who like sing their feelings. Mm-hmm. And like every every other like female singer songwriter after that, I think I was just like automatically very drawn to. And I think that and I think that album too, that 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 song was on. It was like the first one that like I, as a child, like invested, like mm-hmm. saved up like <laughs> birthday money to purchase uh-huh. on my own. So I have to say that. Good little segue into just playing a little bit of uh, one of your tracks, uh, Selfish. So uh, let's play it. Woo. Boop. Hurt you so I thought I should punish myself. Crazy how much it still mattered Even when we went together I put you above me and everyone else The things that I do I didn't You were in all my decisions Tell you the lowest score I counted bodies but I won't no more And if you feel some type of way Let me give you something to judge me for I've been never find me selfish now I do what I want when I want to 
Welcome back to this episode of uh, Sounds Like NYC. <laughs> no, just do it again. Ooh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, go, go, go. We didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the inspiration behind Selfish? Like, what was your headspace, the aesthetic um, idea or or like, yeah, the aesthetic idea that uh, you were like going for? Yeah, for that absolutely. Song? Um, I was going through a, a rough time in my personal life and... Um, the one thing that I kept on holding on to was this idea of like, for me, and I think a lot of people after going through like a, a long-term relationship, you start to, even when it's over, there are certain like things like standards and opinions that like the person might not be in the room with you, but you could still hear like what they would say mm. if you liked this, or if you didn't like this, or if you did this, or if you didn't do this. And I just felt like this weird paranoia everywhere I went and I hated it. And I, I just wanted to write the song that like, I, I wish like if I was a movie, like if I was living in a movie, this song would be playing and I would just do whatever I wanted. And mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was in the mental space where I actually felt comfortable doing that. So I wanted something that was aggressive and dark and strong and yeah just like everything that i did wasn't feeling at the time mm -hmm. and i um i'm very inspired by banks um she's one of my favorite like artists and um there's a song off of her second album called gemini feed and something about like it's you know, like minimal production and her vocal performance was something i i wanted to embody a mm -hmm. little bit and yeah i kind of just knew that i a general direction of what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And it just started with um, the chords, the chord progressions and like having like, you know, starting with like B minor seven and then go into like the G like, and then, yeah, it just kind of all came together. And um, like one of the first lines that I wrote, like I think maybe like on a train that I wanted, wanted to have in the song was called, um, let me give you something to judge me for. And that was originally supposed to be the title, but I thought it was super long. That's such a badass line. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let me give you something to judge me for is the f like the line just before the, the, the start of the chorus. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just wanted like all of my songs um, are kind of like these one-on-one -on -one conversations with, with someone, mm -hmm. um, whether it's like a real person or not, or just the idea of someone in my life, I always want it to sound like I'm singing directly to someone. Mm -hmm. right. And so I was basically addressing, um, I asked my ex at the time and just being like, these are all the things like, I bet you would hate if I did <laughs> and I'm going to do them. So, and I would never say that. And I don't, at this point, I don't necessarily feel that way anymore, yeah. but at that moment. So I want to capture that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. No, I love that. Cause like there are songs, um, that I have addressed or like about like a certain romantic situation I was in and like, definitely like you probably have this feeling too of just like, you know, writing a song about a certain person, just <laughs> hoping one day that they just listen to it. Like you would never <laughs> want to like, you know, just like send them like a freaking like, you know, 
Listen message out of out of like out of like I nowhere just like, like <laughs> <laughs> something like so like spiteful yeah. or something like so like Being petty yeah just like yeah. just like so petty but like i definitely understand that feeling of just like you know having this song that you're like addressing to like a certain person and there's a lot of catharsis in that because like i'm still writing songs about like you know that situation that i went through and like it's like already like um August, yes, it is August. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely understand and, and I definitely um, resonate with that. You gotta it's milk different. it till there's no more juice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There will never be no more juice. It's great. <laughs> I hold on to that <laughs> shit forever. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Who cares about emotional stability? Just. <laughs> I mean, I think it's funny though, like how art just in itself is just like a time capsule almost of like how mm-hmm. the person was feeling at that moment. But it could still be used, you know, throughout whenever because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, other people can feel that too it's just like different points in their lives yeah like like you know girls just want to have fun you know? yeah no I matter the age no, no matter, matter the gender it's timeless girls just yeah. want to have fun yeah. <laughs> it's just that feeling that yeah. Just, yeah that recklessness yeah i love that so let's talk about like kind of like the life aspect of your music and stuff like yeah before the end times in the old, old <laughs> what was the last yeah like what was your last <laughs> performance experience like like yeah. when was it how was it oh my Stuff gosh like it was wonderful <laughs> in early march and oh it man at, yeah. it was uh at elsewhere <laughs> i had wanted to play there for a while and it just it all kind of lined up and mm-hmm. i can't believe that the show happened and like you know, the room was filled like awesome. a week before the lockdown yeah. happened. And I'm, I'm grateful that that was like the last, like the send off. And like, um, yeah, I mean, I have like different kinds of performances depending on like the vibe mm-hmm. and like the situation. Um, in my like my full band setup, I mm-hmm. play with um, a keyboardist mm-hmm. and I guess I can also call him my playback engineer. So he like <laughs> runs like tracks, the tracks and, stuff, and yeah. stuff and like does all the synthy synths and I am singing and sometimes I'm also triggering since I have like a sample drum pad nice, and I'll like nice. play things and tinker here and there. Um, and then I play with the drummer too. So it's nice. like a three person thing. Nice. Very efficient, um, mobile. And uh, for like more acoustic stuff, it can either just be me and the keyboard mm-hmm. or me and my keyboardist and, and that's kind of it. And nice, so nice. Um, I, I, I love both. Yeah. Um, I like super enjoy like singing with like a lot of people, like just, just all up in mm-hmm. here and like um, things being super loud. But my, some of my favorite moments like ever in my life has just been like, super quiet room um i played a lot with so far sounds mm-hmm. and like just like just a very intimate setting mm-hmm. everyone's quiet and it's like even like there's no microphones and mm-hmm. just like that so i love that too nice so I, yeah i mean I, I was gonna say i think it's kind of funny like how we met uh i just hopped onto your uh, Instagram <laughs> live and, and yeah. i literally just asked like so when are you gonna be on the podcast and such a creepy thing in the moment. <laughs> Never the moment. creepy. I've had creepier questions. There you so. go. I mean, <laughs> but like oh, the reason why I bring that up is like you have made, I guess, the most of your time being locked up. I mean, you, you've been doing it for the last couple of weeks, right? Just yeah. Doing lives. Like, I, how has that experience been? I think it's cool. Um, I've always loved like interacting with people over the internet. I think when I, as a result of like moving around a lot the only thing that seemed very stable was, oh, I'm, I'm going to post YouTube videos. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, 
have these like weird internet friendships with people who like comment on my mm. videos. Those right. are the best friendships. <laughs> and I, I love that. So I feel like almost like there's like a resurgence of that. We're mm. having like these new like communities pop up on the internet because we're on the internet all the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I love it. So I've done like a couple of like, live stream like mm -hmm. festivals and done a couple of like concerts you know partnered with like different organizations and just for myself too and i i think it's great i think um i think it's also a great way to kind of uh show people like what i'm working on and right. how i make things i love hopping on onto like my favorite producers like live streams and just mm -hmm. seeing them like make a beat in right. like 30 minutes or so and one of my favorite things that i did was i did a like a songwriting beat making challenge with my Ooh, friend nice. um, and collaborator. We have a song out, a couple songs out together now. And we just did this thing. You want to plug it? Yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> it's actually our, our last release together just turned a year old. And it's Aww. one of my favorite songs I've ever written um, with anyone. It's called Talk. Mm. I think it's my most popular song on Spotify too. Mm -hmm. And um, basically we were like, all right, let's just do this. He lives in Singapore. So Ooh. he's exactly 12 hours ahead. And... So it was like 10 or 10 or 11 a.m. for me, and we just like fired up. I was on IG Live, and he was on Twi no, just Twitch. 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 And um, we were like, all right, everyone, like, so what's happening is for 20 minutes, I'm going to write like a song, like some sort of song, and he's going to make like a beat, mm -hmm. some other beat. And then after 20 minutes, we switch. Mm -hmm. And so I would sing and top line record on whatever beat he made, That's and he would produce my song. And so we did that back and forth until That's we so had cool, yeah. two different songs. And one of them is, is has turned, we've worked on it more after the challenge, but mm -hmm. it's going to be a single that I'm going to put out on my album. And it just was super exciting to have people like cheering us on or like just like giving us grief for like yeah. freaking out. Yeah. I was freaking out. He was freaking out. We're like, oh, my God, it's actually really hard to make <laughs> in like 20 minutes while people are watching because you're like, oh, like I, I like was freaking out. And there's like video evi evidence because we both saved our video portions of it. And um, but I love that. And I don't think I would have done that mm -hmm. um, if, you know, we weren't going through this whole thing yeah. and we i wasn't trying to make connections with people online so yeah. i am all for it and also i'm here and like i have met you guys <laughs> you know out of you know how would, how would that have happened yeah. prior how, yeah. how would that have happened if david wasn't being sort of a creep a sort of like a stalker you're not sort of a like creep. A stalker. Listen, everyone, listen, listen, listen. everyone's on instagram everyone dms yeah. there's no creep if someone's going on live people are going to watch or people are going to ask questions mm -hmm. i just happen to have a question that has brought her here yeah. but um <laughs> speaking of your latest album or like do you purposefully have like do you have like a narrative or like a picture that you want to paint with your music or like is it just you know what you're feeling in the moment and you just go by that or yeah 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 um that's a great question because i think um i was just thinking about my project now and how different i, I felt like it was going to be when i first started it and um, I really thought the album was going to be like very dark and very like, ugh, like I'm just going to be like so angry and it's going to be a, like a really tough side of me. Right. And a very Av Avril Lavigne side, maybe? I, I don't know about <laughs> Avril Lavigne. I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit of that. Like, cause you know, she's, you know, my moral fiber. Like I, <laughs> I totally get that. But I think like, I think, yeah, as like a response to, you know, everything happening in the world, like 
I, I guess I just feel, and, and just like me as a person, like maturing and moving past a lot of things I was really bitter about, like s- those things just don't seem like as good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that now I do feel like there's kind of a narrative and I think like it just, yeah, it kind of changes depending on um, how I'm feeling and what, what kind of like story I want to tell. And I, I almost feel like, all of my music is this like sort of method acting thing where it's Mm -hmm. like it's very accurate and in real time as much as i like hate to admit it like it's like sometimes like the songs are written in a way because because i want to feel a certain type of way and Mm -hmm. like you know after going through several relationship failures i think there's a part of me that's like oh i want i want my life to feel and sound triumphant Mm -hmm. and so something about this like 13 song body of work has to end in this kind of note, like has to like start off like, like a hero's journey. And I think that's kind of how I felt about this album. Um, It's called zero. And like, I it's, it's about start like starting at zero when like you felt like you had everything. And Mm. I, yeah, I think like asked me two months ago and I've been like, yeah, it's zero. And like, everything's just bad and dark. <laughs> I'm and, still in that, you know, I'm still in that phase to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, and, and part of that is in there. So I just think that like, I think, um, I think it's always just, I do want a, a story, but it's just, it changes a lot. And mm-hmm. I used to be very rigid about like, oh, but it has to come out like before like the summer season. Yeah, dude, I have a song right now <laughs> and exactly that, like I'm pushing it off like because the theme is kind of like end of summer, just like trying to <laughs> capture the feeling of just how wasted this summer feels and stuff like that. <laughs> and like the deadline that I have for myself today is, what's today? What day is it? 22nd. Okay, so I literally have eight days <laughs> in order to finish it. Hopefully I do so that I get it month. out. No, nobody, uh, a month? Yeah. September's still... Yeah. No, 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 no. But like, because the theme that I have, like the message that I have, right. it has to come out on September 1st. So help oh me my God. Gosh. And I put that arbitrary kind of like, <laughs> you know, limit on myself. Right, so I right. definitely understand how you feel. So I'm definitely in a phase where like I do put arbitrary... Deadlines. Deadlines like on that. myself. And, and I, and I fail most good. of them. But like this one, I'm really passionate about it. And so help me God, I'm going... To release it on the first. I this isn't my do. podcast, but like I'm like I'm like what? I'm like promoting myself. Right no, now. this Sorry. is great. I I'll, <laughs> just, I'll, I'll just cut it out. I'll just cut all of what you just said. Those, those deadlines are awesome. Yeah. Um, and but I think now I'm just like I feel like you know giving myself time. Time can really tell you whether or not something you've made is actually good. Mm. And I think that like I have enough time to be like, oh, you know those songs. That was just me being petty um and like not good so we're mm. gonna do something else but yeah i hope that answers the question no, i think i kind answer. of like I think so yeah went all over the place do you want to talk about kind of like cows yeah cows no but just <laughs> so like more about i mean so obviously you had the dream of coming to new york and yes. you've been here for two years Yes, it's about just about like a couple yes. in eight days it's going to be officially two awesome years. nice awesome. what are you how are you going to celebrate um, I don't know, but oh. I've been really wanting to order this very fancy pie. Mm. So, in the, yeah. From where? Yeah, yeah. I cannot remember. <sighs> I don't remember. Isn't that such a shame? Then how are you going to order it? 
I don't know. I think I'm just gonna, gonna Google. Fancy pies. Yeah. Fancy pies. <laughs> I'm just. I just made a mistake that I just didn't. I. I. I bought that pie last time on impulse, mm. and um, now you, I wanted to do it very purposefully. Yeah. And um, but I might. I might order there's a pie. A, there's a place yeah. by Lorimer that makes a really good fruit tart. Oh, I was gonna tell I her love about. Good fruit tart. I was gonna tell her uh, about uh, Martha's Country Bakery. Have you ever no, been there? Yes, that's yes. overrated. Yeah, dude, no, that's but, overrated. But it's, dude, just like the like weekday specials. Oh God, it's so nice. Like pie for been. two dollars. I've never amazing. been. I've lived here all my life. And I've never been. Go. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a principal now. I had a principal. I haven't done it for this long. Right, I'm gonna what, keep on going. What was the original question? Yeah. I know I talked about <laughs> now, pie. Now she's putting us back on track. But yeah, so how's life? You go through the honeymoon stage, then you get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> so, like, how was your what do you first? Hate? What do you hate about New York City? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> what do I hate? I mean, the city, perfect. Really? Um, like, the f- people, also wonderful, but the boys, mm. just oh, the boys. messy. Like, mm. They're complicated. Okay, maybe she's not wrong then. I thought she was going to say something else, but that seems pretty, like, pretty accurate. <laughs> Brooklyn boys? Damn, I'm offended. I'm a Brooklyn boy. They're and they're boys. sensitive and they got a lot, you know? Oh, man. Dude, that's why, dude, Bronx, Bronx hardens you, man. Yeah, just like, <laughs> start, you know, pull up Tinder and just like locate it in the Bronx and you, you know should be Bronx, good to go. The Bronx has the highest rate of HIV in the, all why the girls. <laughs> <laughs> and and Brooklyn has the highest case of gonorrhea. I didn't know that, but thanks for the tip. Yeah. Okay, so what he's trying to do, he's trying to make he's trying to make Queens seem better uh, because listen, he's uh, from Queens Queen, originally, well, so he's no, kind of biased. East New York, Queens border, so a little bit of both. We were doing pretty good until COVID hit, and then we're like number one for COVID. <laughs> so I guess you have that revenge, sweet, there sweet you go. revenge. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, so well, like besides, I, I guess. <laughs> but the, yeah, yeah, the city itself, though, just I I love like I really 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 love it here, and I think like my um I did go through those phases too, mm-hmm. like the like you know being super wide eyed and just being like. Oh. Well, that first month must have been something else. Well, well, the first month was actually so bad. Oh, how I, come? Um, I ordered a bed and it was like two months late. So I was like sleeping on the floor and my roommate has a cat. Don't never. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a New York City experience, I guess. Um, My roommate has a cat and I have, you know, sort of lived with cats my whole life. Not my whole life. For for various moments in my life. But I'm allergic to her cat. And so Mm, I developed adult onset asthma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my, dude, that's... Oh my. It's serious, yeah. Wow. And I, I was like oh not breathing. I was oh. coughing all the time. I couldn't like walk fast. And then I went to the doctor, and she was like, "Any changes in your lifestyle recently? Like, <laughs> you smoke or something?" I'm like, "No." And she's like, "Cat." I'm like, "I am living with a cat." And she's like, "It's the cat's the cat. coming. You run." Um, and I got the you know the <laughs> just test leave the door open. Let the cat leave. I know. No, I could never do that, but. A lot of rough stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I was super determined to like, and this also wasn't like the first time I was living in New York too. I like had spent a summer, I was like interning at like a music PR nice. place before my cool. last year of college. So I I think that moment was when I knew I wanted to live thi- live here like officially. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I think like I first couple months I was like 
going on all these like net not these networking dates where I would like DM people like a really right. creepy person and be like, <laughs> grind. I just like my template was just like, I just like it's in some more professional way. I really love you. Um, like, can I buy you some food for your mm. time? Dude, that's cool. Uh, I should start doing. Uh, I mean, I can't do that now because it's kind of broke. Kind like, of broke. That and like and like COVID too, and, but and like COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, in the olden times, that's what I would do. And like, I was just so enamored by literally every single person that, that I met, mm-hmm. and it was just like, wow, like everyone just hustles, and they they do, like mm-hmm. they hustle, and they're so talented, and they're passionate. And um, that was my favorite part. Like in my, the first couple months, it's just like meeting all those people. Um, and a lot of them who are still my closest friends mm-hmm. and who like have changed my life for the past like two That's years. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I feel like people that come from New York City really have a different kind of hustle compared to those who grew up here. Because, you know, those who like grew up here, as me and you, you know, we kind of yeah. get used to things. And yeah. like there isn't like a fire underneath our like butts to kind of like get I, us going. But like, I mean, listen, if. I was born somewhere else. I wouldn't have the balls to move over here. It, it, it scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Really? Yeah, no. You I, don't, I, but New York has such great PR, like all those movies, all those shows. And they're yeah. lies. They're lies. Most of the Come on. You've lived here for two years. We know most of those are lies. Like, I have friends <laughs> who, like... There's a handful of good things. Yeah. But you gotta I, have to love the city in order to, like, deal with the rest of the shit. That yeah. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> I have friends who have, like, watched... Um, Gossip Girl, and they're like, "Oh my God, New York City is so great." I'm like, "Gossip Girl has to be the farthest thing from reality that, that you can get." Gossip like, Girl as a normal was filmed in like a ten block radius. Yeah, That's it. it's crazy, but like, you know, but but like, I definitely appreciate that just because you have such a wild, different perspective to me. Like, I am ready to be honest to leave this city today. To be honest with you, <laughs> oh, but man. like, I appreciate people that people like you who like come and like you know you struggle but you're still grinding and like and like your hard work is definitely paying off so like kudos to you you're doing a good job there's no better city than new york city and that is that on that do you want me to talk about i don't want you to talk about oh my god no well i mean listen there's a reason why a lot of people are always moving in yeah stuff so i mean I like I said I I personally wouldn't have I I, I think there's so much bad that outweighs the good uh, of the city so you really have to come in here with a plan and be okay with eating just dog shit for the first couple of years. Um, dude, I mean, and be okay dude, with it. Dollar pizza isn't bad. How dare you? Nine cent pizza? I wouldn't call that dog shit, shit. That gives me the shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So speaking, which is a perfect segue into saying like so how do you think how do you how do you think uh artists should be marketing themselves hmm. um should i don't know i feel like, like what do you do i think for me it's uh different for each song i guess i guess i kind of take it single by single and so um, as an indie artist, like I know, like for me, it's not necessarily about like getting like hundreds and thousands of streams, even though that would be amazing. Like I'm still at this point, I'm very much like a big believer in like the thousand fan theory where like, right. you could live off mm-hmm. of a thousand fans. Yeah. And like and that that is everything. And I think like people are always talking about like the algorithm 
especially like Spotify and, and, and yeah, and YouTube and that kind of stuff and TikTok. And yeah. at least I, I know like for me, like the holy grail of like an indie artist is like to be on like New Music Friday or like a Spotify editorial playlist. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough um, to be on them like a couple of times, like independently without like PR label, just me. Mm-hmm. And like, I could not tell you how that happened. It's just luck. But yeah. Luck. But, and I, and my guess, like from all the things that I read is that like, you know, it doesn't really matter if like a thousand people stream your song once. I do believe that like the algorithm picks up if like 10 people are just like really crazy obsessed with your hmm. song. And I think like that depth of like, um, engagement with right. your music mm-hmm. that accounts for something. And I think that I always kind of feel that way. So I think like, I think too often, I think artists are pressured to make or feel a certain type of pressure to meet some sort of like arbitrary goal mm-hmm. um, that like doesn't really mean anything. And right. like for me, like I think because of like living in New York, I think like, all right, you know, uh, what's, wh- what do I want to physically see? And so for a while in the old world, when I was like playing shows, I was like, okay, I can make, even if I get like a hundred K streams on something, can I bring, can I actually fill like a hundred capacity like venue mm-hmm. in New York? And that is hard. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. I think it's hard to bring like 20 people mm-hmm. to a show. Mm-hmm. So that was like, okay, so, so whoever is a fan has to care about me enough has to really believe in my work. Like right. my work has to like reach a certain quality or touch them in some mm-hmm. way. And how I market that has to be unique and memorable and does it can't feel like I'm just trying to show them that I'm releasing a song. So mm-hmm. I think for me, I think about the song, I think about what inspired it, like what's the story and use that story as a way to, um, I guess like make make my song interesting make it seem like there's stakes so Mm -hmm. i am personally you know selectively very open about like my personal life um on social media Mm -hmm. just in terms of like in in a very storytelling sense and i think that like having that kind of close connection makes the song feel less like oh i'm releasing this product as opposed to oh this is a part of my life Mm -hmm. and if you care about me then you care about hearing this like little secret that like you know, I probably wouldn't tell anyone, like Mm. I probably wouldn't share with someone like in a one-on-one conversation, like the weird things that I've done or experienced, but like in a song, like you can pick that up. And so I, yeah, I try to make like the promo kind of like an inside look of like who I am and what my life is like. Um, And one of my favorite things that I did, and it's because of like COVID and quarantine was for one of my singles behind the scenes. Um, I did an internet scavenger hunt for people to figure Ooh. out what the title of my song. Oh, that's mm. so cool, yeah. And um, I loved it. And it was it was also just me <laughs> being goofy. And, like, I knew that, like, you know, kind of we were talking about before how, like, you always kind of hope or wonder if, like, the person that you wrote a song about would, like, ever hear it. And I was like, eh, it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, it's, like, all in the past. But, like, I was, like, I might as well make a little scavenger hunt that, like, are clues to, like, kind of what happened and the mm-hmm. only people in the world that would know is me and this other person mm. um but I think is that person still following you like on social media <laughs> you should make a song called i made this song for first name last name <laughs> <laughs> and see if they don't find it that's way too on the nose <laughs> no no um but 
basically, I think like I had these questions and people were like, blah, 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 blah. like mm-hmm. they found out and all the answers. Just, it was just random things like, what is this like coffee shop on this street? Like first letter of that, that name and put it all together. And, um, and yeah, and that was like, like the most like engagement that I've ever really done with like people that were listening to my music. And like, I even had like a little like Google Hangout party and it was like, it wasn't like a lot of people. Google Hangout still exists? It does. This was before (laughs) I was hip to Zoom. I knew everyone was using Zoom, (laughs) but I was out here being a noob and I was like, um, Google Hangouts. (laughs) Um, and yeah. And so I think like those personal things are really important. It's not everything. And obviously it doesn't quite show in like the metrics, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't be like, okay, I've made a million streams, (laughs) but (laughs) that those interactions are everything to me. Um, and I would hope that like it once shows happen again, that like if I ever came to their cities and stuff, like they'd be there, you know, with me. So so I think like, I think of it in terms of like building those relationships, Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, obviously having both, but that's what I think like is most important. I think that's what makes a difference between like an indie artist that, you know, has a certain level of success and one that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. All right. Is, is there anything you want to leave with? Um, can I plug things? Go yeah, ahead. Plug everything. <laughs> that's plug what we are. We're just yeah. an outlet for you to plug everything. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Um, okay. I have, um, my latest single is with my friend Troy Ogletree. It's called Change. It's out now. And I also have a music video that I made um, on my own during lockdown mm. for Selfish. That's coming out, I think, in a week or two. Um, I have to confirm that. But um, it's something that's near and dear to my heart just because I just appreciate like the process of making it. I worked with my friend who's a choreographer. Mm-hmm. She taught me... like. I'm not a dancer, but I like tried really hard to get like 10 seconds down really well. And, um, and just like, yeah. So we learned, learned that over FaceTime and my, my roommate and and friend like shot it for me and we like really cleaned our apartment (laughs) to make it look nice. So I'm really proud of it. And I think, I think people, um, might get a kick out of it. So that's my next thing that I'm sharing. And thank you guys for having me. Oh, thank sure. you. You've been so cool to talk to. Like, <laughs> really cool to talk to. And it was all because of me. You win this round. <laughs> <laughs>